Hello and welcome to the New Life Bible Study Podcast. My name is Rob Harston and we are now on episode number 11 through our book of James. Our series is entitled Living Out a Mature Faith and this is part two of two and one. Uh, we are, are actually finishing chapter two of James and last week we covered faith and works and they that they both go together. One cannot do without the other. We can try but James says that it's dead and useless if we do. So today we're going to see two people that James is going to use as illustrations to drive home his faith and works go together point to end this chapter today. He looks uh, way back into the Old Testament to find them, and they can't be more polar opposites. He uses Abraham and Rahab. And I, and I love what he does here because he could have used a host of examples of, of faith and faithfulness throughout the Old Testament, but he chose these two. And what a difference uh, there is between these two. And here they are. Abraham was the father of Hebrews and Rahab was a Gentile harlot. Uh, Abraham was also a, a man of power and respect. And Rahab was of a woman of ill repute. Abraham was the recipient of God's promises and Rahab, the breaker of God's moral laws. And as we read these words today, James casted a, a very big net because every one of us as Christians finds ourselves between Abraham or Rahab. Again, completely different people with nothing in common except one thing. Both exercised saving faith in God. In the book of Hebrews, the author was, was impressed at the, the faith in action shown by these two. Hebrews eleven seventeen says this, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. And Hebrews 11.31 says this, It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So we see it wasn't only James that saw both Abraham and Rahab as examples of true faith. And, and what, were, what, was their, what were their examples? Well, they were good examples. They were examples of having head, heart, and hand faith. And our first example is Abraham, and, and all Jewish people identified with Abraham. And, and James says uh, in verse 21, he says, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the, on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So he uses Abraham again. We just read what he was, and, and, and again, the, the Jewish people uh, identified with him. And he proved his faith by his willingness to offer up his son, Isaac. I encourage you to, to go back later and check out Genesis uh, chapters 15 and 22 to get a better background for this illustration. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to move forward, but again, I encourage you to go do that. Uh, but if, if you look at chapter 15 in Genesis 15, uh, God called Abraham out of Ur to the Chaldees to lead him into Canaan, and a, and a great nation of Israel would come from Abraham. And it would be Israel that God would bring the Savior into the world. Abraham's experience in salvation would be shown in Genesis 15. When night had come, God showed Abraham the stars and gave him a promise. 
God said, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. I don't know if you've ever done that. I don't know if you've ever looked up. I mean, if you live here in the city uh, in California, you're not going to see much. But if you get up to the to the mountains and the desert, you can count. And you can sit there and try to count all the stars, and it's impossible because there are so many. Well, that's what God was, was telling Abraham here, that you can look up into the sky and count them if you can. Well, this is how many descendants you will have. And, and and look at the right response of Abraham. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him righteous. See, the word counted is, is a legal or financial term. It means to put to one's account. Abraham was a sinner, and his spiritual account was empty. In essence, he was bankrupt. But the one thing that helped him was he trusted God, and God put righteous on Abraham's account. One thing that we need to note is Abraham did not work for the righteousness, but it was a free gift from God that he received. He, 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 was, he was declared righteous by faith. He was, he was justified by faith, as Romans 4 says. See, justification is the act of God whereby he declares the, the sinner who believes righteous, but only on the basis of Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross. This is something the sinner doesn't do, but something that God does for the sinner. When that sinner puts his, his or her trust in Christ. Question is, how can anyone tell if a person is justified by faith if this takes place where nobody sees? Well, the example Abraham shows can answer this because he, the justified person has had their life changed and now obeys God's will. So you see, our lives should show change. And we've, we've discussed that in previous chapters in James that when we, are, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ today, our lives should be changed. There should be something different about us. We are not like the world. We are set apart from the world. We are we are still, uh, you know, humans, but we are, our faith should separate us from what other people are believing or what other people are doing. It, it's it's going to show that there's a change in us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And so Abraham trusted God and obeyed Him. His faith is demonstrated by his works. But but James is telling us about another event that took place years after Abraham's conversion. This event took place in Genesis um, chapter 22 where Abraham was to offer up his only son, Isaac, to the altar. This was his only son in whom he loved. Does that sound familiar? But he, but he was ready to put him on the altar as the Lord commanded him. And all he needed to do so... And he had all he needed to do, uh, so everything he needed. He had the firewood, he had the rocks, everything. And even uh, even Isaac said, well, where's, where, where are we going to get the sacrifice from? And Abraham told him, God will provide that. But he... he he loved he loved his son, and he was ready to put him on the altar. And as he lifted the knife, and as he, as he was ready to kill his only son, verse eleven uh, in that chapter tells us that at that moment the angel of the Lord called him and said, "Abraham, Abraham." Abraham said, "Yes, here I am." And verse twelve says, "Don't lay a hand on the boy." The angel said, "Don't hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not." withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Abraham was not saved because he was obeying God's difficult command, but by his obedience, it was shown that he was already saved. Again, we see his faith and his actions working together, and also his faith was made complete by what he did. 
Look at it this way. Faith and actions are – they're really good friends, man. They, they hang out together. They're best friends. It's a perfect relationship between the two. I read this once. It said that Abraham was not saved by faith plus works but by faith that works. So you see Abraham – Abraham's uh, faith and his works together, it, it really showed that he was a changed person. And, and again, he was the, the father of Hebrews and every, all the, the Jewish people can relate to, to him because of, of their Jewish uh, descent. But now we have Rahab. We have uh, the, the person that is also mentioned alongside of him as an example in his second illustration. And she proved her faith by protecting the two Israelite spies. And for further background on her, they could be found in Joshua 2 and uh, chapter 2 and chapter 6. I, I really encourage you to, to check out who Rahab was, but I'll give you a little definition here. Rahab was a – she was a Gentile harlot or a prostitute and obviously a sinner. Yet, if you notice, her name is in the family of Christ in Matthew uh, chapter 1 verse 5. Most readers, when reading Jesus' family tree, are surprised to see Rahab show up on that list. Because when when we see her name in scripture, it is Rahab the harlot or Rahab the prostitute. So it was just never her name, but it was her name and her profession and what she was doing. Uh, Rahab was a Canaanite who, who, who were the hated enemies of Israel. And her greatest deed was telling a lie. Think about this for a minute. A harlot, she's named, she's, they say she's a harlot, she was a Canaanite, and she was a liar. That sounds like the beginning of a really bad joke. And how in the world did she make the list on Jesus' family tree? And why would James want to use her as an example? Well, it's simple. Because she was a woman of faith. She was a believer in God. She lived in the in the condemned city of Jericho, and she she heard that God had judged the enemies of Israel. She believed what she had heard from God. Rahab was a believer in the God of Israel even before the spies came to her house. It was her reception and protection of the two spies that proved her faith in God. And just as a side note, you know, uh, she was a prostitute, so many, many people would visit her house. So when the spies came, it wasn't like people were alarmed, and that's why they couldn't really find them because it wasn't a surprise that people would be knocking at her door at any hour of the day. So when, when she hid the spies, they asked her where, they, where they'd gone, and she said they had left. And they, she said, oh, go over to that gate and check that out. That's where they went. But they were actually on the rooftop. But again, not many people would have been surprised as many people visited her house. And she risked her own life to identify herself with Israel because of her faith. Um, her faith was proved by her actions. She and her family, who were also believers, were delivered from the judgment that came to all people in Jericho. Understand, faith that does not lead to works is not a saving faith. And these two did not work for faith they worked from faith. They believed and trusted in God. And it's sad to say that many professing Christians or, or church members today have this dead faith. They profess their faith through their lips, but their lives show no evidence of that faith. It was Paul when writing to Titus said, uh, such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. This is what Titus uh, chapter 1 verse 16 says. So in closing today, what are our marching orders? 
What do, what do we do from this moment? We have read chapter 2. They, he, he is telling us about our deeds and works need to go together. Well, what do we need to do? Well, first of all, we need to check our own lives. If we are failing in this part of our lives, we need to fix it. And how do we know that? Well, Paul, again, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you or lives in you. If not, you have failed the t- you have failed the test of genuine faith. So we need to check ourselves. We need to are we doing these things? Are our faith and deeds going together? Are we are we the ones that we spoke about last week that have bubble wrap around our faith because we don't want to we don't want to use it. We don't want to get it scratched or anything. But if we do that, then our then it, and if faith and works aren't working together, then it's useless. James says it's dead. It's useless. Don't even worry about it. So if our faith is genuine and we have Christ in us, then that faith needs to have works. And by these these two things working together, people will see our faith as genuine and, and that there, there has been a change in us. It should burn in us to treat people with love and kindness. And people that that are in need, it just needs to burn inside us. It needs to become a part of us. And, and if we pray for people on the spot, you know, that's another thing. We, we can't do that as Christians, everybody. We cannot do that. If if somebody's uh, if somebody's having issues, we can't say, "Hey, I'm going to pray for you." Right? Um, we need to help those people in need. Pray for people on the spot, and not say, "Hey, I'm praying for your doctor's appointment," knowing they have no transportation to get to the doctor's. Here's what we should do. Not that's what we shouldn't do is just say, "Hey, I'm going to pray for you." What we should do is go pick them up and pray for them as we drive them to the appointment. That is faith in action. Confessing your faith in Christ, then living that faith is genuine living faith. And, and, and by their, their faith and works, this is going back to, uh, to Ra- uh, Abraham and Rahab, by their faith and works, they were both right with God. And my prayer today is that we can be examples as well of this and be right with God. So we need to be examples. We need to be examples of faith and works working together and taking care of the people uh, in, in, you know, of today, especially in the, in the state of our world now. There's more people in need than there ever has been before. And God is calling on us just because church has stopped, ministry has not. We can still reach out to people. We can still pray with people. We can tell people about the love of God because there's never been a time where we need to hear about the love of Jesus. Jesus Christ more than ever today and that love is for everybody. We need to be we need to be going and telling and not just saying but showing the love of God. So today let's make that our mission. Our mission needs to go out and 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 again love people Help people in need, pray for people, and bring them to Jesus. Help bring them to Jesus so Jesus can save their lives. So that was it. Was, it was a real short two uh, verses, but um, I want to thank you guys for listening. And I want you guys to check a couple things out on our website if you can. Um, and our website is newlifebiblestudy.com. Um, you can uh, send your prayer request there or leave your prayer request, and they'll email them to us so we can pray for you. Also, you can just put in the notes uh, how this podcast helped you so check out uh check out that on our website also uh book of the month is my friend remy adeleke a former u.s navy seal his book is called transformed it is a must get you guys will love this book it was very very inspiring to me um uh, it's a one you don't want to put down because it 
is just filled with so much that's going to impact your life. And then also, don't forget our uh, sponsor, our first full-service Realty sponsor. Um, Their information is on our website as well. Um, Next week, we are going to take a little break here from James. We're going to we're going to I'm going to do a couple. uh, of a, a little uh, side pieces, and next week we're going to be in the bo- uh, book of Acts, chapter nineteen, uh, verses eleven through twenty-one. And we're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be called fan or follower. So I'll give you a little, pre- uh, real preview. Is um, there are fans of Jesus Christ today, and there are followers of Jesus Christ, and we need to ask. Which one are we? You know, the fans are the, yeah, that's Jesus. Yeah, I know him. And the follower is committed to Christ. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. I just want to thank you guys. I want to say have a, a blessed, safe, happy Memorial Day. And God bless you.